If 2021 was the summer of honesty, then 2022 is the summer of evolution. It's the summer of swagger on defense. Lily Zhao joins us to break down the summer of evolution and what it means for the fall coming up next. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And then this episode, of Locked on Packers is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 a month. Check out your special offer for Locked on listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. Zhao doing is back, which means our friend Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee is on the show today. She will be with us every Wednesday during the regular season, during the playoffs. For as long as the Packers are playing football games, she will be here on Wednesdays to break down everything going on with Green Bay, what she's seeing, who she's talking to, locker room vibes. She is our resident vibes expert. So she is going to have a lot of great insight for us in the coming weeks. I'm really excited to get her back and and being our boots on the ground correspondent. Uh, in that locker room. Before we get there, the Packers put out their first official depth chart. And there was nothing earth shattering in there. But it, it got a little bit of play on social media that the starting offensive tackles were Alton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari. It's a little bit of a duh. We've been saying on this show that that was going to be the case for literally months. But because we hadn't actually seen those guys healthy, I think there were some questions, maybe concern troll questions locally and nationally. If you were not following this story closely, you're going, okay, who's going to play where? Ellen Jenkins is a guard. Who's going to play tackle? And it's like, no, no, Ellen Jenkins is the right tackle. I think the more interesting thing that we get from that is, well, Royce Newman is listed as a starting right guard. John Runyon Jr. as the starting left guard. Zach Tom is the backup left guard and Sean Ryan is the backup right guard. Now, these are arbitrary. And if Zach Tom is actually the third best guard in their opinion right now, then like who cares what side he's on? But Jake Hansen was not listed as that that backup guard. He was listed as the backup center, probably because none of those other guys are going to be backup centers except Zach Tom and they're not going to list him twice. It's just interesting. It's just interesting, and it it makes you wonder then, okay, what is the path for Zach Tom to get on the field? Is it just Royce Newman not being good enough? Because it's not like you want to cheer for that, but it seems like Zach Tom is one of your best five, so is he really not going to be out there if Bakhtiari is good to go and Elton Jenkins is good to go? And I wrote about this for The Leap yesterday, and I, I think this is the, the perfect um, hook for 
what I was writing about. Does it actually matter who is playing tackle to determine who is playing guard? And the conclusion essentially that I came to is, well, who is playing left tackle doesn't matter because it doesn't seem like if only Elton Jenkins is good to go, they would play him at left tackle and play Royce Newman at right tackle, though we've been wrong about stuff like that before. And it was Elton Jenkins out there playing right tackle when Billy Turner was hurt in 2020 and, and they needed someone to fill in in a pinch. That was an interesting way to handle it. Maybe they would do that again. We saw Elton Jenkins last year play left tackle with a plum. It's not like he can't do it. So maybe that is in play. But I think the most likely scenario there is if David Bakhtiari can't go, then you have Yash Nyman at left tackle. And that doesn't affect anything else on your offensive line. It doesn't affect who's playing center, who's playing left guard, who's playing right guard, who's playing right tackle. Because Yash is just your left tackle fill-in. Fine. But if Elton Jenkins is not playing right tackle, that does have tack-on effects, right? Because if he's not playing right tackle, who do they think is the best right tackle? Is it Royce Newman or is it Zach Tom? That is a, a question for which we don't have an answer right now. And this depth chart does not offer any hints as to what that answer might be. As we sit here today, Wednesday morning, or whenever you're listening to this, it's hard to put our finger on just what that would look like. My, my money right now would be that the, what the Packers would do is not what I would do, but they're the coaches, they're with those guys every day, and that is play Jake Hansen at right guard and play Royce Newman at right tackle. Even if sort of universally there is agreement <laughs> that Zach Tom is one of your best five. Now, when you go back to that 2019 draft when Elton Jenkins was just awesome all through camp and it was just sort of like, why is he not out there? Why is he not the starter? And then it was injury that that led to him ultimately playing, but he was getting those split reps. We'll see if that happens. I don't think in Minnesota is, is a great place to do that. Maybe home for Chicago when you have a little bit nicer of a, of a set of matchups there. I don't think that's a defensive front that's going to scare anybody. Maybe that makes sense if you're going to rotate in someone like Zach Tom and give him an opportunity. Then you'd also have tape on Royce Newman and go, yeah, okay, this, this experiment did not work out the way that, that we thought it should. For the Packers, who plays right tackle does have tack on effects to what's going on at guard. If it's Elton Jenkins, it seems like, though, this, this question has been answered. It's Royce Newman. Royce Newman is going to be the starting right guard right now. There was some speculation that Jake Hansen had actually beat him out or, or outplayed him in camp. The fact that that's even on the table, I think, should tell you everything you need to know and that Zach Tom should probably be the right guard there. Maybe we will get Zach Tom rotating in, although we haven't seen him play right guard since rookie camp, since OTAs. And certainly not with the starters. But that was and that was back with, you know, rookies and then in, in organized team activity. So it's just a different level of competition. It seems like we're just not going to see that early on. And that would be counter to the Packers credo of play your best five, because right now, Zach Tom looks like one of their best five. Now, we could go out there and. Elton Jenkins could be playing left tackle and Zach Tom could be playing right tackle and Royce Newman could be playing right guard. And this all will seem moot. 
But even if Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are both out there, aren't they good enough? Isn't that reason enough to get someone like Zach Tom who has shown so much an opportunity out there right guard? Isn't that the reason? Isn't Elton Jenkins being a stalwart and David Bakhtiari being a stalwart and Josh Myers looking like he's taking this year two leap and JRJ being just like Mr. Reliable? Isn't that exactly why you put a guy like Zach Tom out there? And just see what he can do because he seems to be better than these other guys. Look, this is one of the best offensive line coaching staffs in the league. They're one of the best developmental teams with offensive linemen in the league. And that goes back to Mike McCarthy and James Campen. So this is like institutional. It's it's a front office thing. Nate Tice on the Athletic Football Show made the, I think, like, like quarter joke. Like he's not really joking. The team should steal um, the, the offensive line cross scout. And from the Packers to just like draft offensive linemen for other teams. And they've done a great job over the years of, of finding those guys. It seems like Zach Thomas, another one, but it doesn't seem like, unfortunately, that he is going to get a real chance to start right away. We'll see if that changes. All right, we're going to get to Lily's out in just a second. Before we do, let's talk about our friends at Bright Co. I've told you this story, but for those of you who haven't heard it, some new listeners, my wife lost her engagement ring. Well, no, she didn't lose her engagement ring. She lost the diamond in her engagement ring. It ripped out of the ring while she was changing in a public bathroom of all places. (laughs) And luckily, she came back about 45 minutes later and the stone was still there. It is incredible that that happened and you've seen the videos of the engagement fails the guy on the boat where his buddy tosses him the ring box and it goes overboard and it's just like oh my goodness imagine if my wife hadn't found that stone what would we have done well luckily we would have been okay because we had insurance do you have insurance on the pieces of jewelry that mean the most to you on your engagement rings maybe you have a nice watch plenty of things that fall in this category and Brightco can make it easy for you. Bright.co. It's the fastest and easiest and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. They made buying insurance easy. So easy you can get covered in two minutes on your cell phone. You won't find a better deal on great coverage that's super affordable. Bright.co forward slash locked on. They make it easy. For five bucks a month, you can get totally comprehensive coverage and it won't take more than two minutes on your phone. Bright.co forward slash locked on. Back again for another season. She is Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee. Lily, it's 2022. The Packers are once again expected to be Super Bowl contenders. So with week one approaching, I ask you, how you doing? Oh, Peter, it is great to be back and chatting some Packers football with you. Um, it's been a long offseason kind of getting back to this point where we're talking about games that matter. So I'm stoked. I have a good feeling about this season, like a good feeling. Um, so I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm this is one of I was just telling Ali Connolly, I, I did his podcast and he's been on this show before um, about what it, how fun it's been over the last five years to cover this team because things have changed so much. 2017, 
Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and we get to talk about Brett Hundley. And then in 2018, there's the McCarthy Aaron Rodgers drama and, and McCarthy gets fired. And then it's like, now who are they going to hire? Then they hire a coach and we have to go through that whole thing. Mike Patton, defensive coordinator changes. We've been really as, as people who cover this team, really lucky that this has been a period that we've gotten to cover because there's been so much after what was so much the same for so long. So I'm really excited for this. That was a long way of saying I'm really excited for this season. Um, and so here we are. What we talked a little bit about this the last time we talked a couple of weeks ago. What have you, what has changed or what are you still excited to see as we head toward week one? Because I think there's a lot of things that just be like, oh, I wonder what this is going to look like. So what are you excited to finally see on the field when things start being real and start counting? I would say if Christian Watson can get on the field. I think watching him, watching Romeo Dobbs, um, you know, these receivers who's in it, not going to be the next Devontae Adams, but how can they get the production out of that receiver receivers group without Devontae? I think they're going to be fun to watch. And of course the defense, I mean, we've been talking about it all off season. They're going to be really good. Can it produce or can they be one of the best defenses that this team has had in a long time? I think that's going to be exciting. Um, I also think special teams, special teams, special teams. I mean, is there going to be, can they just be baseline level good? I mean, that's all we're asking for, right? Is there going to be a, a step up there? Um, I think that's going to be fun to watch as well. I think just with the, the little points that we've been talking about kind of all off season um, are things I'm looking forward to, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing these, these rookies um, on the field as well. And, you know, guys like, you know, a Wyatt, those guys that we haven't really talked about on the defensive side, can they show some flash um, during the regular season. So I'm excited for the defense, you know, the special teams generically, but also a guy like Christian Watson, we haven't seen him yet, what he looks like with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's interesting because when Aaron Rodgers said, I want production, not potential, I, you know, I sort of reading between the lines there, I felt like that was directly at Christian Watson because he was the high pick and not even in a negative way, just sort of like, hey, buddy, we got to see it. You got to prove it. Like you might be a high pick, but you're not coming in here with anything given to you, you're going to have to earn it. And then it's, it is such a direct contrast to what we heard him say to Pat McAfee the other day, when he's just like keeping praise on this guy and talking about, he looks different than any guy we've had out here. He gets back on the field and immediately is making plays. And then you go back to the Romeo Dobbs stuff, Aaron Rodgers talking about Romeo Dobbs in a way that he never talks about rookies. I mean, never talks about rookies like that. What do you make of the um the kindler gentler Aaron Rodgers this this summer um I think it's it's been very good for these younger players right because again coming into the NFL is hard enough um when you're as you know again these are second fourth round picks but you know you're still an NFL pick I think coming into a team you have high expectations it's a it's a group that has to produce when you lose a you know future hall of famer at that position. So all eyes are going to be on you. The pressure is going to be on you. All the fans are going to be watching you to say, Hey, was this pick, you know, should the Packers have drafted this kid to be on our team? I think, you know, the pressure is there. They feel it, but at the same time, that's what they want, right? They want to play in the NFL. They want to be great in the NFL. And I think having a guy like Aaron Rodgers, the, the talent he has at quarterback his ability to now say, you know what, you know, he took a different approach when Randall Cobb, you know, first started out in Green Bay. He's got a little bit softer, as everybody has talked about. But I think that's going to really, really help these guys really adhere to the NFL and make that jump. Um, 
But I think the one line that stuck out to me about him talking about Romeo Dobbs was him saying that, you know, there, there are certain standards for a rookie, but there's a higher standard for Romeo as a rookie, which I think if you have Aaron Rodgers saying that he's seen something in you, he's talking about Romeo for a reason, right? This kid's really flashed in the preseason. Yes, he's had his drops. But again, when you have your quarterback believing in you and saying that there's a standard for a, for a rookie receiver, but you're above that. I think there's a certain amount of pressure that I think he, you know, is willing to accept. And um, I think that's kind of been a little bit different this year with Aaron Rodgers, just heaping praise on a young guy like that. But, uh, you know, he's been with him ever since he was drafted. So he's seeing it day in and day out. I think we're going to be able to see that very soon come week one. I think, too, uh, that that part of this is. You know, it, it from from the outside, it seems like a kinder, gentler Rodgers. But when Rodgers is talking about how good you're playing, that is a blessing and a curse, right? Because now you're amping up the expectations, you're amping up the pressure, and it's, it was so interesting that the next time Rodgers had a big media opportunity to talk, I think it was a it was a McAfee show where he he sort of walked back the Dobbs stuff, not because he doesn't have high expectations, but because I think he realized that made people like you and I go. Oh, wait, like he thinks this guy is legit and that that is putting a lot of pressure on Romeo Dobbs to succeed. And so it's just it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's a double edged sword. And I think Rodgers is, is acutely aware of what that pressure means on these players. And, and it's it's part of the evolution of Rodgers, right, of the leadership. I think this goes back a couple of years you know, Aaron Jones talking about what it meant to have Aaron Rodgers put his arm around him early in the season. And I just don't think. And, and, you know, you were, you were around during some of the McCarthy times too. It, you know what that locker room was like, like, it, it just seems like that's been part of his evolution as a leader on this team, a little bit more of the sort of like sage old, you know, like uncle Aaron versus, you know, older brother, Aaron, like, let's go. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, you know, I think the approach of, you know, he, he was talking about it at his locker, like, you know, I'm sitting at lunch who come, who comes up and sits down with me. And talks to me, you know, he's, he's looking for those people to really step up and, and try to get to know him, try to talk with him. And then from there, he kind of builds a relationship and is able to teach these guys. But yeah, like you mentioned, it's much softer approach than he's had earlier on in his career. But I think he also understands that again, you know, not saying Randall Cobb and not saying Alan Lazard aren't going to have the same effect that Devontae Adams has, but um, when he's coming in with such talent and, and such notoriety as like one of the best quarterbacks of all time, these young guys are going to want to learn from him. And I think him taking that approach is really, really going to help these guys really kind of adhere to what an NFL season can be, especially with all the expectations and all the eyeballs that are going to be on them very soon. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, there's um, the old, uh, the three famous Chinese curses. <laughs> may you live in interesting times, may you be recognized by people in high places and may you find what you're looking for. And it's often what you get is um, may your dreams come true. And I, I think it's sort of like, that's what, that's the position that these guys are in now, like getting what you want, Aaron Rodgers trust in you that raises the stakes that raises the level of intensity. And that, that raises the level of expectation. And I, and I think that it's, it's the kind of thing that, that these guys are going to have to face because they're going to be needed. Like starting week one, Alan Lazard, He's he's coming back from injury already, and so that that throws these new questions all all into uh, stark contrast for us as we as we head into this game against the Minnesota Vikings. I thought it was interesting. Rodgers and Lafleur both said the offense without Devontae Adams is not going to have to change that much because 
all the stuff is still there. They're just going to emphasize different things. They're going to major in different things. He talked about the, the running back room having to carry more of this burden. Um, do you, do you like that idea of the running backs being a bigger part of this offense? And, and how do you think, um, that will allow this team, can they still create explosives that way? I guess is the big question. I think they're going to have to, right? Because you're not going to be able to dink and dunk every single team at will for the entire season. You're going to have to have somebody that replaces the speed and the downfield threat that MBS once had for this team, whether it's Christian Watson, maybe it's Romeo Dobbs. One of those guys has eventually going to have to step up and be that deep threat that this team needs. But again, I think without Devontae Adams and again, with a bunch of new faces, it gives Aaron Rodgers the ability to really distribute the ball with a bunch of his receivers and kind of see who is, you know, sticking out one week versus the next. I also think in terms of having your running backs more in the passing game, maybe that gives those younger guys a chance to be like, it's not all on us to produce in the passing game. They have talented tight ends as well. Um, I know the goal this year is to get Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon more uh, receiving yards as well. So I think having everybody kind of in that position as a quote unquote pass catcher is really going to help, you know, these younger guys kind of get in the groove more and try and establish their identity on the offense to say, Hey, you know, we're a little bit more comfortable now. It's it's these games count for real. Maybe this is when they can make that leap. So I think in terms of getting everybody involved, that's going to, you know, make this offense a lot better. Not saying they were, I mean, there were times last season where you could see Aaron Rodgers was trying to force feed Devontae Adams, rightfully so. He draws a lot of attention though. And so it was kind of feed Tay, feed Tay, feed Tay. But now he doesn't have that luxury. Now it's going to be, let's distribute the ball evenly to all these different pass catchers of sorts. You are a vibes expert. <laughs> One of the reasons why we have you here. I want to talk about defensive vibes because every indication, and we haven't had a chance to see the starters play real snaps in the preseason, but all indications from training camp and going back to the spring is that this defense is flying around. They're playing with swagger. They're like, you know, like going at Aaron Rodgers and, and Rodgers is like, yeah, they're tough. Uh, how do you compare this sort of attitude mindset um, swagger with the defenses that, that, that you've covered and been around? Because to me, it seems like we haven't seen a defense play with this sort of edge and this sort of tone since at least 2014. Oh, 100%. And you know, this is the mentality to have for a defense, right? You, If you want to be a championship caliber defense, you're going to have to talk the talk and walk the walk on the field. They can chirp all they want, but if they don't produce on the field, what's that going to say? I think this is a legitimate group that, you know, if they can stay healthy, that's the key. If they can stay healthy, they will be very good. I think they're going to back up their talk on the field. You know, Aaron Rodgers talked about how stacked they are up front and especially in the back end. Um, I think this is going to be a really big ball hawking defense that can get after the quarterback. That has been one of their issues in the past um, is just getting after the QB. Um, you know, I think this is the attitude to have if you want to be a truly dominant defense. They've talked about it for years. Oh, we're good. We're good on defense. But, you know, kind of they would have lulls, It'd be ups and downs in the season. But I think this defense feel, truly feels confident. They have the leaders. They have the talent. And I think these guys are all buying into the scheme as well. And when they're confident and they can produce – I mean, it's just, it just really elevates the vibes, as we're saying, of the entire team, because we know the offense with Aaron Rodgers always has a shot. You add in a championship caliber defense with the swag, 
SP? I don't know. SP. I can't. I can't believe we got through that question and that answer and did not use the word juice. It didn't happen. I can't. About it. I can't believe neither of us said it. Um, I, I was just talking to someone about Quay Walker and his potential impact, and and I think he's sort of flown under the radar a little bit because again, we didn't get to see him much in the preseason, and there hasn't been the sort of rave reviews for him that we've gotten from. Romeo Dobbs. And, and I think people are just sort of on pins and needles more waiting for every little tidbit that they can get on Christian Watson, just because people are so excited about what he can be. But Quay is enormous. Um, and his movement skills, what we saw in the 49ers game, I mean, he can really fly around. Did, did that stand out to you the first time, like you went to practice this year and actually saw him on the field where you like, I've heard this from other people that are like, Whoa, who is that guy? A hundred percent. Cause I, I, that one tackle he made in the Niners game where he just kind of flew out of nowhere. I'm like, who was that? Oh, it's Quay. And I think, you know, we were all taught, we were hearing about his speed and what he was able to do in college. And I think being able to see it in person in an NFL setting with everybody else who's kind of at your level or better, it's been impressive. I mean, if there's anything you want and maybe just fly under the radar in the preseason and you make your mark when the regular season starts. Right. I think that's going to be a Quay Walker type of, of season. You know, we have, I mean, not we, but you know, he hasn't really been talked about in the national circles, but I think he's going to be a guy. He's going to bring speed to the linebacker core. That's what they've been missing for a long time. I think he provides that flash. I think he provides the intelligence there at that position to do extremely well. I think we saw those, you know, in, you know, flashes during the Niners game, excited to see what he can do when he when he's actually on the field. But I think maybe just not talking about him as much as, you know, a Christian Watson probably helps because he can fly under the radar and then strike. It seems like they really are excited about what he can bring and and like not even been, been that many questions about him in, in press conferences either. So it's just one of those interesting things. Um, lastly here, as we look ahead toward the Minnesota Vikings, this is a different Vikings team from a coaching standpoint than we've seen in a long time, which is so weird because it's like all the same players, you know, it's still Davin cook. It's still Kirk cousins. It's still Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson is a new ish face, but they had Stefan Diggs before that. So they've always had this really good group of skill players and Harrison Smith still over there. Daniel Hunter still over there. Uh, Eric Kendricks, they've added Zadaria Smith. So it, it feels very familiar. Even if some of the coaching changes are different um, for the Packers, how much do you think their approach to a game like this has to change given the coaching staff, because my take is sort of like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to do much different. I don't either, but I, you know, it's going to take them about, I, I would say a quarter to kind of figure out what this new look offense is going to be. It's not like we're all of a sudden going to see Kirk cousins turn into Kyler Murray and start scrambling around and, and, you know, throwing out of the pocket that way. I don't think we're going to see that drastic of a change. It's just more so of, um, you know, how can they get after Kirk, make him super uncomfortable, stop Dalvin, try and contain Justin Jefferson. They got Jalen Rager as well. You know, what can they do with these skill positions? But I don't think it's going to be anything that it's going to be like, wow, this offense is completely different. I don't think they're running jet sweeps left and right. Um, but again, it's still a very talented group of players. And like you mentioned, the defense, you know, they have to be better. You have a guy like Zedaria Smith, who I'm sure is going to be ramped up to see everybody from the Packers on Sunday. Um, I think this is going to be, you know, a quarter of them kind of feeling out this offense. But again, I do think this Packers defense has enough talent that again, it's week one. I think they'll be fine. But maybe when they see them later in the year, that's when things are a little bit different. But, uh, like you said, I just don't see 
you know, new head coach and all, I don't really see anything changing that drastically on offense for them. Yeah. I, I joked about this yesterday. Like, Kevin O'Connell is a new head coach who's going to run a, a variation of the offense they were already running uh, that Matt LaFleur, by the way, helped Sean McVay put together. And Ed Donatel, a former Packers defensive coordinator, by the way, has been in the league for 30 years, and he's running the same basic system that Joe Barry is running. So it's like, this is this is not, no, no one is reinventing the wheel hill. It lets everybody relax a little bit. Uh, Lily, so glad we get to do this for another season. Thank you so much for joining us and being part of us uh, here at the Locked On Packers podcast. All right, I want to thank Lily for joining the show. Great to talk to her. Uh, and she's going to be our, our vibes check all season long <laughs> and, and a lot more. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to actually talk about the games and, and what we're seeing and, and what comes next after that. Um, she's really sharp. So um, love, love those conversations with Lily. Before we finish up, let's talk about our friends at Prize Picks, a daily fantasy game unlike what you're probably doing now. It is so simple. They set projections for player productivity. So let's say Aaron Rodgers, 300 yards. And if you think he's going to throw for over 300 yards, you get to pick that. And you can put him with one, two, three, four other players, two to five players total. And you decide if it's going to be more or less than their prize picks projection. And then they pay you based on what you got right and how much you were risking. And you can win up to 10 times your money. That's real, real money. And they have projections on more than just the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, esports, cricket, disc golf. Yes, disc golf. Check that out. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can get a 100% deposit bonus. That's right. 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You put in 100 bucks. They'll match 100 bucks. You put it in 50 bucks, they'll give you 50 bucks when you use the promo code locked on. All right. Uh, we have a lot more to go this week. I was on our Locked On Pro Football Preview Show. It's our eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. Local experts like me, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling, Locked On Bets, all in one ultimate NFL preview. Search for the ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. We are going to be back tomorrow. A lot more to come here on Locked on Packers this week. Our Thursday crossover show with Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings to get you everything with the new stuff with Kevin O'Connell and, and Ed Donatel, such that that stuff is new. It's not actually. And we'll, we'll see uh, what he's been seeing in camp and, and what he's been seeing in the preseason and, and what he thinks the matchups are going to look like in this game. Luke is a blast to talk to and an, an unabashed unrepenting troll of, of me in particular. And um, I love it. It's great. We have a, we have a great rapport and, and it's all in good fun. It really is all in good fun. So uh, that, that'll be tomorrow. And then Friday, we're live Friday. We're live five 30 central on our YouTube page. Go check us out on YouTube. Locked on Packers on the YouTube page. Follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find locked on Packers and anytime. You want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.